Hey y'all, it is Wanda Swan and Shannon Palma, and this is Once Upon, Upon a, a Patriarchy. Patriarchy, episode six. Oh my lord, <laughs> I can't believe we're at the end <laughs> ah, of season one. This has been such a wild and crazy ride. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay, so. What we are doing today is a little bit different than the previous five episodes of season one. Today, we don't have special guests in the booth, unless you count us. We are your special guests. You're special to me. You're special to me, too. Well, there it is. Okay. So, we are taking this opportunity to kind of recap what season one has been, and also I think just talking critically and and thinking through Mm -hmm. um, what this whole process has been like. Like, I have never done anything like this before. Yeah, I'd done a a knitting podcast with a friend, but it hadn't been anything where we were trying to, I mean, we were just goofing off and bringing a recorder with, we literally brought the (laughs) recorder with us camping and, like, talked about the cocktails we were making. Like, it's, and our knitting projects. Like, so, you know, this idea of doing a formal show yeah. of inviting guests yeah. of having a really kind of <laughs> of taking it seriously as, as a, a project and doing multiple seasons. And like, we talked about it. We did a planning meeting at side chick. Side chick. Shout side out chick. to side chick in, in Decatur where it's greater. Decatur, Georgia. I am. Um, we went to Side Chick and spent like four or five hours on a Sunday. They were so nice to us. They let us use their Wi-Fi. And their wine. And they their let us wine. use their wine. <laughs> <laughs> and we had hoe cakes. Yes. Oh. Fried chicken. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. We should go back there. Yeah. You know, we had we had kind of talked it through. We'd done some emailing. And then we had a, a long planning meeting mm-hmm. and made and kind of decided what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, we did. And then... I think it was it was all good, right? And in, in, in my head, it was like, oh, we're doing a thing. And then it was just reality hit. Yeah. And we were create we created something that we thought was more than what we had actually originally thought we were doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, in keeping with the theme of the previous episodes. Mm. Um, We're going to do a quick rundown of just some general topics that we're going to cover so that you all can follow along. And so we're going to cover just some background of I think I think what's really interesting or could be interesting is a little bit more backstory around how we got here. Mm. Yeah. The press releases and some of the things that have gone out, the initial descriptions talked about. A dinner where Shannon and I were talking, and it was a dinner at Shannon's house where we somehow got on the topic of Ursula. (laughs) (laughs) And my original thoughts around the the real backstory around how that relationship just got so tense between she and Triton. Um, and it was hilarious. Like, it yeah, was really, fun. oh gosh, it was really good, like, dinner chat. Oh, I remember. So that was, so we'd, gone to, we'd taken our dogs to the dog park we previously. Did. 
And this time I think we took them to the dog park and then we came back to my house for dinner and it was Abby's gotcha day, my dog's gotcha day. And I'd gotten her a doggy cake. You did. Ah, <laughs> uh, I remember From that. From Taj Mahal Dog Bakery in Oakhurst, which shout out to Krista because I love her and I love that bakery and so does Abby. Mm-hmm. Um and so does Hershey, because mm-hmm. she loves that cake. Hershey Cocoa Puff, that's my baby, shut up. And so, yeah, I made dinner. We ate dinner. The dogs ate their cake. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we were ta- we just kind of we started at the dog park, and we meandered back to the house, and we just were talking about everything. If y'all want to have a good damn day, hang out with Shannon Palmer. Well, I would say hang out with Wanda Swan. Oh, look at you. Oh. That was a good time. We had a good, good time. time. Yeah, but that was kind of the beginning of this idea that mm-hmm. was that would be once upon patriarchy and it was two years almost two years before now yeah it <laughs> took us a while we're kind yeah, of busy a little bit a little bit a little, little, bit, little bit um but yeah that was the first time where i was like i went home i remember going home that night and i was thinking i don't know if i can do this i don't know if i have enough critical dialogue or if I've thought critically enough about this to actually lend my voice to something. Because something about me, I'm always busy, but I only do stuff that I believe in doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If I don't believe in doing it and I can't give 100%, I'm going to say no. And so for the people who have asked me to do stuff and I have not done it, it is not <laughs> you. It is all me. If I can't make space to dedicate 100% of my ability Mm -hmm. and integrity to the work, I won't do it. Yes. And so, and I have really, really bad imposter syndrome, like horribly bad imposter syndrome, which we know is like, oh, oppression. We know that. But that's also a thing. It's also also a thing. thing. And so I remember going home and I was just like, man, I love me some Shannon Palmer. I think I might have to tell the Shannon Palmer. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't going to (laughs) work. But I kept thinking about it. And then so much much time had passed. I think we had, we had scheduled, we had said we were going to work on it that summer. Mm -hmm. And then we both got really busy. And I think I emailed you and you were just kind of like, it's not going to happen right now. Mm -hmm. Or we talked on the phone or talked in person. I don't remember. And I was like, cool, you know, we're both super busy. So and I did, I could, I, I knew you were a little unsure, so I didn't want to pressure you. It was the ultimate love story. She waited until I was ready. Yeah. I appreciate that, friend. Well, and then I, I got the job at Agnes Scott mm-hmm. and was going to be leading the writing and the master's program in writing and digital communication. And I knew I wanted to do podcasting through the program and make it a thing mm-hmm. and really encourage other faculty at the college and students and staff who had really like who had things to say to explore this medium. And I also wanted to really make a a strong statement at the beginning about the mission for this program, the vision for the program, which is inclusive digital communication. And what does that actually look like? Like, what are the topics? What are the practices? Like, how, how do we really rethink a lot of these practices that are very business oriented or that evolve from places of privilege and access to equipment and access to knowledge and things like that and recenter around some of the power of these mediums because mm-hmm. actually like we can take the it's it's a it's a relatively cheap way to get voices out there. Right. 
And it's a relatively easy way to get voices out there and different and change conversations and access an audience. And so I knew I wanted to do that. But I also knew like the podcast idea I was most excited about was one that I would not do unless you were into it. Like it it needed to be both of us. Other, I would have found something else to do for the program, but it would not have been this because this was something that really clearly was, was ours. Yeah. And we had a really, like, what I appreciate, <laughs> what I remember, we were eating at Satchik's and we had a discussion. Like, I, I, I think overall what I love is the approach to this that we took to this was like a relationship, mm-hmm. right? We had a conversation around consent. We had a conversation around um, areas of comfort and discomfort, likes and dislikes. And one of the, I remember us having a conversation and you were like, if at any point you need to tell me something that you don't think that I would either, either take well or that would hurt my feelings, please tell me. And I was like, oh, thinking to myself, oh yeah, there ain't never been a time where I didn't tell I know, right? <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't spare. I don't spare. But the fact that we were able to have that conversation mm-hmm. where we can say, yeah. So, and, and also, like, what is some of the stuff that you bring into this, right? Like, in other collaborations with people, I'm an introvert, y'all. Believe it or not, I'm a huge introvert. <laughs> and so, in a way, this helped. Like, this is a medium that works for me, but also... The other space of, oh my gosh, it's like we have so many people who hear us. There is something in the back of my mind that's like, oh my gosh, so many people. <laughs> Why are you listening to us? You know? Mm-hmm. So, but I, I appreciate it. I, I largely appreciate it just the way that we, we were very intentional about mm-hmm. crafting space that was, that was best for both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember your face when I asked if you would if you would be the lead host. <laughs> well, what did my face say, Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> I would just there was a little bit blank for a second. <laughs> that was the imposter syndrome processing the request. Yeah, like yeah. you had a moment where you just and I I, I knew that I hadn't I, I had not actually anticipated the level of discomfort that I was asking, but I also really strongly felt because I know you and I've known you for quite some time and I also know myself. Mm-hmm. And when I'm watching the tech and things like that, I'm distracted and I'm I I can I am super funny, don't get me wrong. I I believe in myself. Oh, yeah. However, there I'm no, like the Amy Poehler kind of funny where like the I second, I don't like Amy. No, well, this is the thing. Me. Like she gets super over earnest left to her own devices. <laughs> oh, like, that was such a real laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I actually really enjoy Amy Poehler. Um, no, I did not. <laughs> in an ensemble, she's, she's really okay funny it left to her own devices she was overly earnest okay and i will tell you that left i assume i empathize a lot with amy poehler because left to my own devices i am overly earnest i don't and yes (laughs) it's okay we don't have to live all the same things and you are i just think you're funnier like I also think you're really brilliant and you have a way of making space for people. And like, I can get really focused on the tech and on the production aspects of it and like timing and moving forward and things like that. 
and you you listen and you flow with the conversation and you allow people time to express their truths and get their thoughts out. And yeah, I just I I I know you. I've co-facilitated with you before. Right. And I know that you are better at eliciting a conversation. The kind of conversation I I, I thought we could have would do would would happen if you were the one guiding it. I think that I would attribute that just to the work that I do, being an advocate and having to sit and sit with people and with the knowledge that I am getting ready to get a gift mm-hmm. in someone's disclosure of their life, of intimate parts of their beliefs, and being able to ensure that I'm creating a space that continuously feels as safe as possible mm-hmm. for them to give whatever they feel they, they want. And so I would, I would attribute it to that. I think, I think that's just advocacy. Well, I also think you're exceptionally good at your job. Just because it's oh. a skill that you get to practice a lot in your job does not <laughs> mean that you're not, you don't have that skill. You have that skill and you have honed it well. And I'm grateful every day. Oh, I'm grateful every day. Um, and I, I listen, I, I do the editing. So I listen to these over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> for better or worse. I hear your voice a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And every single time I'm grateful. And I'm like, this this is a key part of the magic. Even when I don't speak into the mic. Even when you don't speak into the mic. <laughs> okay, so y'all, this is the thing. Okay, so let's talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't know. So, I... This is probably... Honestly, the loudest I have spoken this season, Shannon does a really good job of boosting my volume. (laughs) (laughs) I am, and I didn't know this until Shannon told me, but I trust you because you have now listened to me speak more often probably than a lot of good friends. (laughs) I am, evidently I'm soft-spoken and I also am awkward in the booth. So, Not awkward in the booth. You pay attention to people. I do pay attention to people in the booth. You are in the moment. I am. And so sometimes that means that I'm not always as close to the mic. That is true. And I'm, all, I'm also an <laughs> internal processor. So when, I, when, I, when I'm in the moment and I'm thinking through and, you know, things just kind of come out. And Shannon likes to say that, I don't know what you got. I forgot. You said it earlier today. When Wanda is doing her... When Wanda's being exceptionally brilliant, she gets exceptionally quiet. (laughs) Something like that. I would never call myself exceptionally brilliant. She says, like, super smart things that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a gem. Like, that's one of the key things that we needed for this, like, conversation that moved everything forward. But she says... (laughs) I don't don't know if I can even boost that up enough that people can hear it. Well, usually when she's saying it, she's really in the moment and she's talking to the other person. And there are two mics in the booth that we use. Right. So, Betty and Wilma. Yes, Betty, Betty and, and Wilma. Wilma. So Betty and Wilma, like, there are often three of us mm-hmm. in in the studio. So one of the reasons today everything's louder is because we're just each on our own mic. Hey. But usually there's three of us, so the mics are in between us. And, yeah. So this is where also it's very much like a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am such an egg. <laughs> Every episode, Shannon is either beckoning to me to come forth or there's a pause. You're going to have to get closer to the mic. 
You're going to have to get closer to the mic. And so I know for a fact, the fact that Shannon Palmer has endured me for the past five episodes of this season, <laughs> and we are both still alive, and, and Betty and Wilma are alive, is because she loves me. I love you very much. <laughs> because I, so the thing is, it's like when I'm processing, well, people like, we've had some amazing guests. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, we have had some amazing people, and and these conversations have gone in directions that I have never thought about, mm-hmm. and yeah. they have touched on places in me that created or resulted in some some type of awakening. That really, I, I'm just I I sit back and I'm like, dang. So this is that. Then what is this? And then it becomes a math formula. And I'm not a math major. I'm not good <laughs> in math. My sister is. I'm not. I'm an English major. I like to write. There's not a lot of talking and writing. And I process through, I process on my own and it's very internalized. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, so if this is the case and this is that, you know, and that is kind of the volume that... <laughs> And now that's the volume where my process is, you know, because my process, my process volume is probably four. So here's the other thing, though, because it's not all you. It's also me. It's that I'm also loud because I teach. Yeah. And so I've been teaching for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So whereas your professional voice is suited to be working with survivors Uh and creating this really calm, quiet, safe space for trauma. Right. My professional voice is (laughs) aimed at reaching the person in the back row. Right. Very intimate, right? Right. So I have a very intimate voice when I'm I'm working with um, someone who's been impacted by violence. And so, um, and having to be thoughtful in those moments also. And also, you know, a lot of those moments are moments where we're just quiet together, Mm -hmm. you know, and the silence is not necessarily a bad thing. Now, dead air in here, (laughs) (laughs) dead air in in this platform could result in a different type of impact. But yeah, so so mics have always been a thing. Uh, it, It is such, it was an inside joke. No longer. You all know. Now you're in on it. I and which is weird. Like I love like I love microphones. <laughs> Freestyle rapping in a car <laughs> with my fake microphone. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I just and here you know, it's not my thing. Mm. Mics are my thing. I don't need a mic, but I really do. You you do. And I, I need to back away from the mic half the time. You do back up. Like y'all, she backs up. yeah i have to keep an eye on my levels i'm like oh i'm getting real loud there yeah like see look at that we're looking at the waveform (laughs) so what are some things shannon that you what are some things that you think that you were not prepared for (sighs) on this journey of creating once upon a patriarchy I mean, I think the level of just connections we were... So when we started, we were talking about... I think I think the thing that instigated the whole thing was you were telling your story about Ursula and Triton and all that is like Lil' Kim and... and, and 
Notorious and big. Notorious B.I.G. and things like that. Yeah. And so we were originally talking about retellings and kind of our, which is still a major feature of the podcast. But I think one of the key pieces that you brought to it, yeah, I don't know that I would have thought of. And now I'm like, it's so brilliant. You know, like, (laughs) um, is really asking people how... Uh, what we're discussing impacts or ties into their anti-oppression work mm-hmm. because I really feel like that brings us so many interesting places. It takes us so many interesting places and it also just as a, a key ongoing theme of the podcast keeps mm-hmm. keeps things really moving back and forth in time. Mm-hmm. And I really love like one of the things I didn't expect was how all over the place we would be. Like I knew we would be talking about the fairy tales and the films and the influences, but we've brought in, you know, Susanna brought in Kindred and Mm -hmm. Jane Eyre Mm -hmm. and Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And Tiffany brought in like, I I don't know, I can't even list all of the movies she brought into the conversation and Esther bringing in what what she brought in about the history of New Orleans mm-hmm. and of just learning to be a a black girl and a black woman right. in this country and think about Janae bringing in the developmental piece right right and like Ursula and Ariel as as the same person just in different the possibility of them being the same person in different developmental stages mm-hmm. um, after experiencing trauma over course across over across the span of their life. Like, these are things that, I never would have thought about. And Meg, and just... Yeah, the consent culture. I, and and the, oh, the opportunity just so much. to, to kind of look at... I, I really appreciated that discussion. Yeah. Because it, it speaks so closely to a lot of the, the work that we are charged with as advocates. And as Meg is also a director yeah. of her department... And the charge that we have to basically rid college campuses of of violence, but also simultaneously having to take an approach that does not leave anyone behind or also like seems as if we're harshly critiquing, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. perpetrators or alleged offenders, I would say alleged offenders. And it's just a really weird type rope to yeah. walk and a lot of the a lot of the dialogue around how to engage uh, men and masculine performing people in the movement around ending violence is always about this this portrayal of people who are devoid of any type of educational experience to influence this sphere almost like they're just blocks of clay who have not ever been tapped into this type of learning. And then when I think about the scene in Maleficent where when Stefan realized that the ring hurt Maleficent as, mm-hmm. a, as a child, uh-huh. when he realized that iron hurts fairy, he just took it off, threw it away. It was not an issue. Understood at that moment what harm can do. Mm-hmm. Didn't want it. And threw it away. So those kinds of conversations, it's just like, man, I didn't expect it to go. Yeah. <sighs> I just didn't, I just, I'm floored. I'm floored by what we were able to create. I didn't expect also, and this may just come from, you know, the last time I really sat down and talked about these movies, I was a lot younger. Yeah. You know, I mean, talking about them in high school, even mm-hmm. there's over 20 years since then. I'm not <laughs> going to say how much, but we'll just be vague. Yeah. But 
having these conversations as an adult and not as a young adult, right? Like Mm -hmm. as, as somebody who's lived some, lived some years, like I did not expect other people to also, the last time I had these conversations, the princes were like, cool, right? They were like, (laughs) yo, that handsome Prince Eric, but you know, like Prince Eric is trash. We, we have already uh, agreed on, but the, the expectations for princes were so low that of the princes, like he had dialogue, which was like a step up, you know, like he did things other than sit on a horse or dance like the there were very low expectations of princes so looking at that as an adult and saying really like that's that's what we were being indoctrinated in some sense to think was the yeah pinnacle of masculinity Prince Eric was the first prince that I really thought probably would be having sex as the credits roll like I never assigned any type of sexual nature to, to any of princes. the other princes. Naveen is, was having sex before the credits roll. But yeah. I do think that Eric was the first prince that I was like, oh, he seems attracted to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's into her. Yeah. You know, when I was writing my dissertation, parts of it touched on the use of fairy tale framing in erotica or erotic lit- literature. Oh, wow. And some of the retellings of The Little Mermaid in that, they were well, you can imagine some of the places that they went, yeah. especially with that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them were just incredibly dark and not in a mm-hmm. sexy times way, like in right. a really just problematic, scary. problematic, scary. This is not healthy, healthy mm-hmm. and really drawing on those themes. I will often find myself when I'm listening to that to the episodes in in the editorial process. So the editorial process is basically that we record the episode and then I go back and I start cutting it. So I start sending clips to you. Right. For you to say okay or maybe a little shorter or I want to add something else or anything like that. Right. But during that editorial process, one of the things that I I noticed is that I I'm, I refer often to the fairy tales or whatever as the original story, mm-hmm. and fairy tales, folk tales, like there are, are um, kind of pivotal versions or variants that everyone's familiar with, or, or particular versions that are literary that have a clear author. But of the ones that we've looked at, other than The Little Mermaid, which did originate with Hans Christian Andersen, they're all variants. Mm-hmm. There's not a specific original story that we've talked about. Right. For the most part, it's just all of these versions are versions, which means that Disney's versions are also versions. Mm-hmm of the fairy tale as authentic as any other okay they they are produced as opposed to folklore mm-hmm. you know they're they have an author but so did Hans Christian Andersen the little mermaid so did Villeneuve so did Beaumont for the Beauty and the Beast and right. I think that owning that and it just it it's become important to me in a different kind of a way I was always really interested in retellings but that means that the retellings we do on the show are equally valid like they are as authentic as any other I like that. retelling and I want to own that and I want to claim that right certified retelling are also our our retellings are also certified versions they are versions of the story especially in fact because they're oral because they're not written they're more authentic they're more authentic <laughs> as folklore right or as folklore because a lot of these are oral stories that were recorded the grim brothers were yeah collectors Right. Right. Of oral stories. So we're participating in that tradition in a different kind of a way. Um, You know why? Because we're so cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will tell you, very few people in my life have ever said I was cool. So I'll take it. <laughs> yes, we're so cool. Hi, this is Shannon. We're taking a break right now so I can tell you a little about the program bringing this podcast to you. Once Upon a Patriarchy is the first in what we hope will be a series of podcasts produced through the graduate program in writing and digital communication at Agnes Scott College. Podcasts in this series advance our vision of cultivating just and inclusive community and promoting respectful dialogue across difference through digital communication. As the faculty director of the program, I'd like to personally invite you to refresh your thinking and career with a master's degree or graduate certificate at the place where liberal arts and professional programs meet. Develop content for the web and social media, and prepare yourself for whatever comes after through digging deep into the history, theory, and cultural impact of the mediums you're working in. Build your writing and technical skills and curate your digital portfolio. Take classes at night or on weekends in person in Decatur, Georgia. Our faculty care about getting to know you and making sure your education helps you meet your goals. For real, I'm one of them. I care. We even have a full-time career coach who can help you strategize your next steps. Visit agnesscott.edu slash graduate programs to request information. Now, back to the show. You know, that really made me think about, it made me think of, are there any, <laughs> any regrets <laughs> that you have or any, have there been times where you have been like, oh, shouldn't have said that. Or you know there are. <laughs> I know, I know. Tell them, tell them. We got to tell them. We got to tell them. Or just fears. Like, what are some of your fears with, because we talked about like, you know, what are some things that we wanted out of this? But what are some of your fears? Okay. So, spoiler, (laughs) I'm a white woman. (laughs) No. Right? We got to re-examine our relationship. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I'm a white woman attempting or or involved in a project and we're trying to censor we're being really intentional about centering the voices and points of view of of people of color of lgbtq folks of people whose voices have not been heard in this conversation or these kinds of conversations and one of my concerns and i would say definitely i would say one of my fears is always that i will in some way create an unsafe space or turn the conversation in some way that's just not, I don't want to create an unsafe space for our guests and I also, or for you, but I also don't want to create an unsafe space for our listeners. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a former Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher. Like my grandma, my grandma had Sunday a, school. Uh-huh. Wow. My grandmother had a Confederate flag in her house mm. and Confederate flag license plates and used the N word. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I am a, I am a white Southerner right. and I grew up in the South and in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I am a lovely person with a lot of training and a lot of good intentions. I think so. But that does not mean that I don't say racist stuff or do racist things. Mm-hmm. And I try and be as proactive as I can. And let's talk about the spectrum of racist stuff yeah. and racist things. Because I think that for someone who is listening, <laughs> I can see them. I can see people like my sister who would easily say is who listens often. My sister, Melissa, 
Swan Hi, Melissa. She listens often. I do not have a Confederate flag. I don't mean that. And I can, and, and being from, uh-huh. also being, uh-huh. you know, a black Southern woman from Mississippi, from one of the poorest counties in Mississippi, who who has definitely had her brushes, brushes, has lived a life with where oppression and racism and patriarchy and supremacy has <laughs> Just met me at the doorstep yeah. in the morning on my way yeah. out, right? That is that is the culture, the insufferable culture. I could see folks like my sister who's like, wait a minute. <laughs> now, <laughs> damn it, I like Shannon. Yeah. Well, you mean she racist. What, what's happening? Is she burning crosses <laughs> on the weekend? What's going no. on? <laughs> but I think, I think yeah, that, no, that I think it's to important that, to... to that conversation of, and these are conversations that are happening. They're difficult conversations to have. I do live with the belief, and I think the, this this idea of, of, of racism as being something that is carried by all mm-hmm. white folks, yes. right? So I, I would... We're in agreement on that. Yeah, so I, I will let you expound on that. Yeah, I mean, I... It's really, I think, the kind of stuff I'm going to do is not, or I'll catch myself doing, is not burning crosses on lawns. <laughs> Don't, that is not... It's not my back. <laughs> <laughs> but it is... It's a sort of just general insensitivity mm-hmm. or not recognizing when I start a sentence the privilege point of view with which I from which I'm coming or speaking I sent you and Susanna actually an apology because I we were talking about like you know, I don't it's established now I'm obsessed with side characters yes we know. and um we were talking it didn't make it into the episode because it comes back around to that safe space mm-hmm. for listeners we were talking and I'm and we were talking about the side characters and I said one of the reasons that I'm one of many reasons I'm obsessed with side characters is because I felt like that when I watched them, that's what I project myself into the story as, right? Are the side characters, right. the peasants, the things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Except I'm sitting in the studio <laughs> with two black women. Who are like, yeah, the free servants, that'd be actually a step up. Like, right. like that's, that's aspirational for my ancestors. Historically. Like, historically. Neither of them said anything to me as I blathered on, realized halfway through what I, I was saying. I think it was the look. But there was a look. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, I just walked right into that. And I just tried to back out, but it was, it was not particularly, I, we just moved on. But afterwards, I sent uh, a note to both of them and just said, I'm sorry, I realized that I was particularly insensitive in that moment. And I realized in the moment, and instead of owning it in the moment, I backed out of it, and we just moved on. But I want to acknowledge that that was really, I'm trying to think, that was really insensitive, and, and I could have just apologized then. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Right. And and I I think that what I do appreciate about this like I, I do appreciate the the space to be and to stumble and the ownership right of the stumble I appreciate that I think that there I think that there are definitely times I know that there are times where we both stumble in different ways but I think the the beauty of what we are creating here we're creating transparency mm-hmm. and a level of truth. And I think that this is a way, you know, I had a lot of conversations recently about allyship, mm-hmm. right? And about the fact that ally is a verb and not a noun. 
um, mm. and how people often self-identify as allies without and how easy it is to do that and to, mm-hmm. and to not do the work and to not and to not hold, you know, hold yourself accountable. I do think that that is what we do here. I think there are also ways that I have also said or didn't say things that could have really connected and contradicted some of the path that we were going down. I'll talk about that in a minute myself. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, I, I don't want a co-host or a friend who can't say, ah, oh, I messed that up. <laughs> Same. I was, oh, I was insensitive, right? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, and this is something that I can also say. So when I get emails <laughs> from white women um, who, and, and they send, and something has happened and something has occurred, I get emails from white women who are saying, you know, this is what happened and this and the other. I usually have two, well, may, honestly, I have one response, and that response is no response, honestly. And But there are for two reasons. One is I know I'm going to see this person again, and I also have to have the opportunity to sit and filter and also to decipher, like, is this a thing that just happened? Or is this a thing, and, and, and I just need to acknowledge in person, or is this a thing that really is sitting with me in a way that I feel like I can't create a space that, you know, I have to, I, I have to armor up, you know, in a different way. And so I immediately was like, oh, oh, what is this? What is this? Because for me, I was like, oh, I got an email from Shannon. What we need to do? <laughs> and then, and then I was like, okay, so this is, okay, we got the video. All right, and Shannon says that she's sorry for what in this guest. Oh, okay, I remember that. Good job, Shannon. Thank you. And I kept it moving. Because yeah. Well, there's no, <laughs> there's no, there's reason. no reason you needed to reply to that. Right. Like, right. we're on the same page about that one. Right. It's not your job to make me feel better. Right. <laughs> it's my job to acknowledge it. And if you didn't think it was that big a deal or didn't, uh, remember it that's all to the better but and I think and the, and the other piece of it is that we did acknowledge it yeah we did we did acknowledge it and actually we acknowledged it we, in that space we acknowledged it after and, the recording was turned off I and think. in that moment did we yeah that, we acknowledged it in that moment and it was a moment where we were you I think it was something along the lines that you were like oh I just realized what I just said yeah. <laughs> and we were like yeah, oppression. Oppression <laughs> meeting. We thought we saw you standing in the back. Come on in, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was one of those things. Yeah. I um I know for me there was a moment. I think during Beauty and the Beast. I think mm-hmm. that was still Beauty and the Beast. That right? was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Cause it was from Susanna. Yeah. So it was a moment during Beauty during Beauty and the Beast where, and I think this is some of the fears that I had coming into this was when I think one of my biggest fears is that I am. I never wanted to create a space where survivors of violence or, or uh, those who had uh, been impacted by oppression or I never want to create a space where it seems as if as an advocate that I am siding with the side of perpetration. Now, mm. I don't I ain't never particularly worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
never because I am quite firm in the ground that I stand in as someone who is biased. Um, and I, I believe survivors. Yeah. Period. And okay. I think that, I think that people know that. Yeah. But I do remember there was a conversation also during that space where I don't think it's also like just the blunders that happen. I think there's sometimes where you're, you ever been so involved in a conversation that was so nuanced and that you're having to chew on it. Mm-hmm. But the moment that you chew on it is also a moment that the conversation turns and right. it goes in a different direction. You're right. talking about something else. So I had that moment that happened. Yeah. And so, and it was after that moment on my way home. No, it was after, honestly, it wasn't until you sent the recording, the recording. Because yeah. Cause Shannon said, yeah. Yeah. Cause when Shannon, Shannon does a lot of work, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Shannon was like, Hey, this is the rough cut. Um, let me know. If and, and this is something that we also offer our guests. You give them the option. It was like, please listen to this. And if there are some things that, that you hear, if it's something that you're saying that you don't feel like it would make, that you feel that it won't make and it makes you feel unsafe mm-hmm. to have out, please let us know. Yeah. And we will edit. Yeah. Because this is all about, like we said, creating as safe a space as possible. This is collaboration. And our guests are not people who just sign away their rights when they come to collaborate with us. Right. They are co-creators of that episode. Because honestly, we don't ask trash people. No, we ask <laughs> amazing people. So it's not like we are bringing in trash people we ain't bringing in Kavanaugh and be like, yo, Kavanaugh, we're going to delete everything. We want to have a show. First of all, I wish. I, I, and that's a whole nother. Yeah, right. I right. ain't getting into that. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, but um, I think it was a moment where we were talking about the relationship dynamic between Belle and the Beast. And so we were talking about unhealthy relationships. And we were talking about, I think, uh, that relationship dynamics where... The difference between an unhealthy relationship and a relationship where there's like healthy argument and, you know, this and the other. So I think we were the larger scale conversation was around this idea of survivors who are in abusive relationships using, right, uh, the story of uh-huh. beauty and the beast yeah. and, the, and the back and forth banter. Yeah, the, the referencing the social work. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Man, that seems so long ago. And what we were talking about is, you know, how some people saw Bill's character as empowering, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And also how because she stood toe-to-toe, because she stood toe-to-toe with the Beast um, and, you know, was kind of given as good as, as she got, so to speak, mm-hmm. as, as my as my grandma would have said, uh, given as good as she got that, you know, that kind of normalized that relationship is, oh, that's just an argument, you know, because she didn't seem to be afraid in that space. Well, and he changed his and he changed approach his very, very quickly. Right. And yeah. so I, and and it really made me think about in that moment I was chewing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that violence still happens there, yeah. right? Like, I know the strong women, right? There are, especially within communities of color, like, we know the strong women who 
when I think about the color purple in Miss Sophia, mm. right? Oprah's character or countless other women, women of color, black women who, and I, and I, and I often talk to survivors, um, women who are older, right? And who have said, oh, I didn't think it was violence because when he came at me sideways, I was like, your bald-headed mama, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so like, it was like, yo, I won that argument. And I was like, oh, but then that followed up with other violence, right? And when I think about like, oh, and I hate this movie, The Help, right? Um, and so when I think about Specifically, Most like, of the actresses in that movie. That movie. <laughs> right. But when I think about, like, Black women who are survivors of violence, you know, I think about my own mother, who's also a survivor of violence, who was known to be this very strong, aggressive, sweet woman, but was a certified tooth chipper. Did not take nothing off of nobody, but, it's, but was still a survivor of violence. But it's this idea, oh, you're tough. And oh, you're this. And so in my head, there were so many things Mm -hmm. that I was chewing on in that moment. And it wasn't until I was listening to that episode, I was in my kitchen cooking breakfast and I put it on my Bluetooth speaker. And so I was listening as I was cooking. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't say, I didn't get to say that. And so it felt kind of like it was just a a move, Mm -hmm. a swift move on. And so that's something that. You know, there are definitely things that I have said, and I'm like, ooh, probably shouldn't have said that. But then there are things that I don't get a chance to say. Yeah. Because yeah. in the moment, like, there's just so many things that are going on in my head. Like, these are not the past that we are creating that, that happen in these spaces is so organic. Yeah. And that's the vulnerability that's attached to doing this in this way. Mm-hmm. Right? We're all figuring this out together. And it it is... You just don't know. Well, and nobody is dominating the discussion. Right. Which is another thing, which means that sometimes the conversation moves on and you had a a great thought about it and maybe it's going to move back and maybe it's not. Right. So that's part of, these are things that are part, they're the risks and vulnerabilities of of true collaboration, of really trying to be partners with your conversation like being conversation partners right there are definitely times where i'm like oh i i I, now i have an answer i didn't have an answer before but now i do (laughs) um and sometimes there's room to say it and sometimes i'm like i I listen to where the conversation's going and i'm like this is more important Mm. and that's one of the rewards yeah that's one of the rewards of allowing it to move like Mm -hmm. there's there's risks but we also as the shapers of the con- of of the podcast have this opportunity and we're going to do this every season right we're going to stop and we're going to reflect because we need to we need to course correct sometimes yeah. we need to and also it'd be real easy for people to listen to the edited content <laughs> that we put out there <laughs> and get a I mean, we're pretty transparent about the fact that we get off topic a lot, but yeah. Um, but to think that it's just a, a, a super easy, not thought through, just we just do what we're doing in the moment kind of thing. And we're thinking. We are not that good, y'all. We are thinking all the time. Yeah. And we're course correcting and we're having conversations about whether something's the way we want want to go 
or not, we feel silly, we feel stupid, we say, oh, I wish I did that thing smarter, like I have six different ways I could say it's smarter. Right. Now. <laughs> but we're not above it, right? We're right. not above correction. And and that's one of the things that, you know, I love when, when spaces are created, when there is not a hierarchy, an intellectual hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to think that that's what we're also creating here. We want you as the listeners Mm -hmm. to also tell your stories yes and that's actually one of the things we talked about doing with this podcast because we're about to take a hiatus don't cry don't cry we'll be back we got to record the rest of the episodes we gotta sleep too we gotta sleep too for real like like one second before you get into that do y'all realize that this is like this is a lot of work work. (laughs) we were not prepared we are sitting here right now, barely, like, I, I am almost laid all the way out in this chair. It's <laughs> actually true. You're kind of like I'm al- at a 45 degree angle I'm, to the floor. I'm almost asleep. <laughs> not asleep. That's a lie. But I'm very well rested. <laughs> or not very well rested. I'm not very well rested, but I'm, I am at a very rested incline. Yes. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah, we're tired. Uh, we're tired. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to sleep. We're going to get season two set up. Yeah. We got great ideas. We've actually planned the podcast through season four. Ooh. We're going to go ahead and air one season in the fall and then one season in the spring. Mm-hmm. And then in between, we've got lots of outtakes and little clips that didn't make the final cut. So much stuff. So much stuff. Because I know, like, I might, we might have an hour-long episode. We might have been in here for two and a half hours. <laughs> Can't say that happened this week. You know, so we're going we're gonna to keep sharing content with you and that sort of thing. We also want to watch the movies with y'all during this hiatus. So we're going to let you know on the blog and the Twitter and the Facebook when we're going to do them. And we're going to share a hashtag that we can all live tweet around. We're going to watch Little Mermaid and all of that together, all the films. And we also want to have y'all do your retelling. So we're going to live tweet each of the movies with y'all. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to give you a hashtag and we're still formulating it so that you can share your retellings of the films, which I'm, or the fairy tales, which I think we're both really excited about doing. Yes. This has been a blast, y'all. This has been such an unexpected release for me. Like, this is like therapy, mm-hmm. being able to come in here and just connect with y'all off the dome and connect with some really awesome folks. We have some really great ideas for guests next season. And this is fun. It's so fun. Like, it's just so much fun. It's great. And so I think that we are, have we answered all of the questions that we have for each other? I think so. We've done our fears, mm-hmm. hopes, and mm-hmm. like things that were unexpected. I'm also going to add this um, as a fear. Another fear that I had was I, I never, I always want to bring my authentic self, my full self to spaces. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to create something where I felt like I had to leave a piece of me at the door. Mm-hmm. I think it's so often that there are so so many spaces that don't quite feel home, mm-hmm. like home for me as a black woman who works in higher ed, who has only worked at predominantly white institutions, who's doing anti-oppression work, who is a fat, nappy black woman who is in a role that feels like or has been attributed to woman's work and who has done this particularly on university campuses that have historical connections to slavery. I think that 
all of these things are real, yeah. right? All of these things are a part of me. All of these things growing up as someone who grew up in an agricultural town and county that was predominantly black and immensely poor mm. um, and where education was both an aspirational concept, but also the product of it was, was not on par with other schools around the state. And so I want to bring all of that. And I always want to make something. If people who look like me can't, don't, don't see themselves here or can't access it, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And so that was another fear that I was going to contribute to a space that where my voice would be exceptional. I never want to be an exceptional black nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because I feel like what that does is it creates a competitive nature that continues to support and uphold supremacy. And I want us all to make it. And so I, and the way that, the way that I go about it is I bring in all of me, pieces of me. And it's a very vulnerable thing to do, right? I don't go around saying often, oh, you know, I have family who experienced violence or, oh, I grew up in one of the poorest counties in the poorest state in this country, right? That is hard, but it's also the reality. And if I can't have people around me who don't get that or who don't understand, who just, who don't understand the importance of me existing in spaces where we, we have to talk about mm-hmm. that, I can't be a part of it. So that was also a fear. And I'm glad that that's something that I don't have to worry about here. That's not a space that's been created. So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for you. Ah, shucks. I'm grateful for this space. Same. I'm grateful uh, for y'all that are listening mm-hmm. and who've given us your time and attention. And if you have stories you want to tell, I hope that the fact that we're not super fancy professional speakers, well, well you, you're a little bit of a professional speaker, but Thank okay, you. sorry. The fact that we're like just normal people, the fact that we're normal people who had an idea and went with it, I hope that's an inspiration for you to start telling your own stories yeah. and claiming your own voice and bringing your whole self into spaces because people, we need that. Yeah. We, we need those spaces. We need those voices. We need your voice. Thank you for taking this season one ride with us. We will see you soon. Yes. And we will be back for season two with some amazing dialogue once again. And for the wrap up of season one, we're so excited. <laughs> this has been Wanda Swan and Shannon Palma. And this is Once, Once Upon, Upon a Patriarchy. Patriarchy.